Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of In the Trenches Sports. Sean Ludden joined alongside by the Chance Clemens. Coach, got a fun one in store. Going to be a quick one as well. Um, but we're going to do a rundown of our next five in the NCAA Top 25. We'll have 15 through 11 coming out for everyone uh, before the season starts here in a couple weeks. And then we've got the NFC West breakdown, looking at those Super Bowl champs, the Los Angeles Rams. Can they repeat those Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury? San Francisco 49ers, what's going to happen with Jimmy G and Trey Lance in year two? And then the Seattle Seahawks, they got rid of Rust. He's no longer cooking in the Emerald City. So what can happen there? Coach, we're going to get started. How's it going? And let me hear your 15 through 11 on the NCAA Top 25. It's going good. Uh, it's been a long week with football stirring back up, so I've had a lot of early mornings and late nights, but it's going great. So jump into the Top 25. So we've already gone 25 through 16. You can listen to the last two episodes for those. So going at 15 right now, I got Kentucky. They've had some really good competitive years lately. I'm hoping this year they can maybe do a little more. Um, Pitt at 14, Ole Miss at 13, which I think they'll have a down year. Clemson at 12, and I got Michigan State capping off at 11. All right, very nice. You got that Kentucky program led by a Stoops, so I know you're usually pretty high on any guy with the Stoops as a last name. I mean, they're they're good so far. Now, Mike's had rough years in the past, but he's he's getting that program turned around. Yeah. So, so. Um, my fifteen through eleven, I've got Oregon, the Ducks coming in at fifteen, Michigan State, good old Sparty, they're coming in at fourteen, USC with Lincoln Riley taking over the helm, coming in at thirteen, got Baylor in at twelve, and North Carolina State. In at 11 for me. You're jumping on the USC bandwagon? A lot of people, a lot of people have them ranked a lot higher than what I do. I've seen a lot of people out there have them actually inside the top 10, maybe even closer to around six or seven. I'm, I'm not going that high. I'm not that fond of them. But I think top 15, yeah. Uh it's hard to – I mean, they have an easy schedule. They so, do. I mean, with just, you know, a quarterback change, a couple new wide receivers, they're going to be able to make, you know, some plays and win games. But this is a team that struggled last year to do anything. So, this isn't a playoff team. Oh, by, by any means, no. You know, they'll finish in the top 25, especially if people rate them high they'll at least finish in the top 25. Well, I think one thing you've got to look for them too, the transfers they had come into the program this year um, will definitely help. Lincoln Riley brought in several just from Oklahoma with them. So that, that might bode well in the Trojans favor. No, that's, that's true. So we'll stick in the city of angels and we're going to flip it over to the professional side of things now. And we're going to talk about the reigning Super Bowl champs, those Los Angeles Rams. They have gotten it done. And, I I mean, I I don't think you could be happier for a guy than what you are for Matthew Stafford. Finally, after all the years in Detroit and the ups and downs, majority of downs with how that team is, um, in Detroit, he finally had some. He finally got success. First year with the Rams, they win the Super Bowl, and then what Cooper Cup did as well—just winning the Triple Crown and having a year a wide receiver has really never had before ever—says a lot. No, it, it really does. Um... You know, we always knew he was a good quarterback, but we didn't know if he was ever good enough, you know. And yeah. part of that was just Detroit's terrible front office and ownership. 
but um, he, you know, L.A. made the move to bring him in, and they thought they were one quarterback away, and they were, and they, they proved it, so. And I, I love the move, bringing him in. Um, Stafford's always been kind of one of my favorite quarterbacks just because of how physical and down-to-earth he is. He's not afraid to put his body on the line. Go back to his, I think it was rookie season, you see this highlight played on social media all the time when anyone's talking about Matthew Stafford. But he comes in, very end of the game, gets injured, dislocates his shoulder, um, and I, I think it was a penalty or something gets called to where he's he doesn't have to sit out the next play. Again, they pop his shoulder back in on the sideline. And he then throws a touchdown and they win the game. And that he did that as a rookie. And that just yeah. set the tone. That set the tone for his career. Showing what type of player he is. And he was the same way when he was in college in Georgia. And I mean, you look every single year with Matthew Stafford. There's an injury or something involved, but he's playing through it and he's physical, and now he's with a team that has that same mentality and physicality as well. You know, exactly, and I, I completely agree. You know, this is a team that has always had an elite defense, and they've just needed a quarterback that they could trust more to actually open it up, and, you know, he's he's always been a quarterback, almost kind of like a Tony Romo where – he's had a great game and then he messes up here and there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think he was able to, he did, he did that a little bit still this year, but when it came down to the Super Bowl, he, he was able to finally hit it on the right, on the page, you know, the final page hit all the nails, cross all the T's and, you know, capped it off with a great season. So bringing in Bobby Wagner, just, I don't think it's a, needed move but it's a depth chart move you know bring some depth yes it definitely solidifies you know some spots on that defense yeah and if you can have guys you can rotate and so instead of having a guy that plays 80 snaps okay hey we can bump you down to 60 and this guy's playing 40 or we're going 50 30 you know 20 or something it keeps you rested more. It keeps everyone learning and growing, but it keeps everyone healthy. Yes. Um, so that's a nice thing. And then Allen Robinson coming in. This is literally just an OBJ step in. You know, OBJ gets hurt, so he's out. They still don't have him under contract, so you don't know if he's going to come back or not, which his timetable could be late November, so we don't know. So bringing in Allen Robinson, he's a very top talented wide receiver. Yes, um, just struggled in, you know, Chicago with a team that's continuously changing over every two or three years. So I think this is good for him. It helps him become a third option, kind of a second or third option, and he could have a really big year and go out and get a big payday. Yeah, I, and it's he's a good compliment to Cooper Cup um, because it's like you said he's a guy that brings an, enough attention to defense to where if Cup is controlling the game then you know Robinson stays open is able to get more completions and everything else um, just in the eyes of the defense or if Robinson's you know coming off a big game then a defense might try and look at him a little bit more that opens up the field for Van Jefferson you know Cup would potentially have some moves, but then you've got Cam Akers in the backfield as well. Um, mm-hmm. Good receiving back, but then can also, you know, put his head down and bust the line um, has some really good lateral movements as well. And that's something I really like to see um, with such a good runner. Exactly. And, you know, right now they're talking about having a duo kind of running back system. Uh, I can't remember the other running back they're going to use. But that's fine. You know, fantasy-wise, no, you don't want that. But 
realistically for a team to stay healthy and to repeat, you need to have other guys kind of step up and rotate and keep everyone healthy. You know, this, this team is still a favor, I think, to compete for the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. I have them winning the division, but I don't see them repeating. You know, it, it's hard to repeat. And so I think they'll win the division, go 11 and 5. Um, but I don't, they're not a Super Bowl team, I don't think. Seeing that's where you and I kind of differ. Um, I definitely think they're in the NFC. Um, I think it's they're the favorite in the North for me by far. Um, I think the 49ers and who we're, we'll get to the 49ers here in just a moment. Um, I think they kind of are my number two team in the West. Um, but then when you look at the NFC in a whole, um, I think the next team that has a good shot of making it to the Super Bowl would be the Buccaneers. And I saw a crazy stat this morning. Um, since 2015, every other year that has been an odd year, Super Bowl has been won by Tom Brady. So 2015, 2017, 19, and 21 have been won by Brady. We're going into an odd year Super Bowl. Yeah. I really hope it doesn't happen again. I don't think it will. I think we'll get onto that later, but I, I yeah. just, yeah, I don't think Tampa will do it again. No, but I, I you know, and we, we've got the prediction show and everything coming up, uh, you know, that Thursday before the uh, season kicks off. But, and we'll, so we'll get into more of that. But definitely the Rams um, have a good shot this year. They've kept a lot of pieces together, um, front office wise, field wise, and everything else. Um, so, my opinion, definitely favorites out of the NFC to potentially make it to the Super Bowl. Um, possible repeat, I don't know. Um, but I think in the division, they're going to have some stiff competition for the next two teams we're going to talk about. And the Cardinals are definitely – they can be scary, but the how young they are and the inexperience scares me at times. No, I, I agree. I think experience goes a long way, especially in, you know – especially in the uh, NFL. But I it's, – it's hard because you got a great coach, but it's hard to trust their system at times. Yes. So um, – it, It's hard to make a college offense and college scheme translate in, into the pro game. Let's see. And we're talking Arizona, right? Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. I had to make sure because my thoughts are going a thousand miles a minute right now. <laughs> um, okay. So Kyler Murray always starts off hot. And then the second half of the season, I don't know if Tim, I don't know if it's Kingsbury or what, but they, they end up stalling out. And so I think they're going to compete with the 49ers to get that second spot. But when push comes to shove, I still have Arizona missing the playoffs. Now, I, like I said last week, I, I'm probably going to do another um, edition of my predictions right before season. And that'll be the final ones, just with injuries and with suspensions and all that. Um, but right now, I still don't see them making the playoffs. I have a couple other teams I think that are going to sneak in, and that's that's going to come down to experience and coaches and their schemes that they run. So this team will go nine and eight, four and two in division, but. I think they come up short again. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, I actually finished off my predictions this morning, and I'll probably do a couple more um, before it's all said and done. But I've got Arizona missing the playoffs. I've got them eight and nine on the season. And I think the reason why I'm not keen on them is exactly what you said. Kyler Murray falls off um, towards the end of the second half of that season. And until he's able to show me that he can actually produce and come in clutch in the late pivotal moments of the season, then I'm not going to buy into it. Now, he does have some veteran leadership on that offense, but you're without half of that leadership for, you know, the first, what, six games of the season with DeAndre Hopkins being suspended. You've got Zacher. It's a great tight end, but he's got to step up and show that he can still get the job done while also, you know, teaching the rest of that tight end core and the receivers, you know, what needs to happen. Uh, Marquise Brown came in from the trade with, uh, you know, Baltimore, and then they've got Adrian Green on there too, and then James Conner in the backfield. There's just a lot of injury questions with this offense um, because I, I, that's one thing that has always surrounded Ertz as well has been his injuries and just can, like you said, can they close out in the second half of the season? And I, I, I don't think they can. No. And I think there's two key games week seven and week eight that are Real crucial, and it's at home against the Saints and on the road against Minnesota. And I have them losing both those games. If they win one of those games, they're in the playoffs. But I think when push comes to shove, you start getting into the middle of the season, and I think – because they don't have a bye week until 13, week 13. Which is such a late – yeah, I mean, that's a long time until you get a bye. So I think those two games, losing those back-to-back, is going to hurt them. So, and, and we'll get into Minnesota later, but... And, and, it's, and it's not a easy schedule they have after those two games either because you've got Minnesota, no. you've got Seattle, you've got the Rams, the 49ers, and then the Chargers. So you're... You go right out of – so if you look at the schedule from week six to week 12 until they go into the bye week of week 13, they have four division games and then two conference games um, outside of the division and then one against a very young, very good Los Angeles Chargers team. And so right there in that, what, seven-week stretch? Mm Mm-hmm. There, it's very possible you maybe only win two of those seven games, maybe three. I have them at three. I think they'll beat uh, Seattle, and then I – yeah, I think they have Seattle beat twice, and then I have them beating 49ers. But so. they really – they really need to – win four games in that stretch because if they can't win four they're not going to be they're not going to make it mm-hmm. and four of those game two of those games have to be Seattle you've got to be Seattle that should not be a team that competes with you if you're a playoff contender that's a team that's completely rebuilding they're going to have a young running back as their star I know Penny's going to be there but I really think Walker's going to take over so that's they have an unproven quarterback that struggled in Denver. Now he has less weapons. So that is a team that should not be competing with you. Now the 49ers is a toss up. I give them the go ahead on back to back wins, but the Saints in Minnesota is that's going to be your two headed loss. Yeah, there's. 
that chunk of the schedule for Arizona is what's going to make or break their season. And yeah. Um, you know, now they, thought, and like ahead. you were saying, uh, Hopkins suspension is six weeks. So he comes back in that stretch, which could help them. And that could spread things out. Cause I think Marquise Brown is going to do the deep routes. I think he's going to have hurts over the middle doing more, uh, reception type plays of just a catch and fall, get the first down, which is fine. That's all you really need from Ertz right now. And then Connor, you know, hope he comes in and can pound the ball for several touchdowns again and stay healthy. If he doesn't stay healthy, then you're absolutely out the, out the window. You, you're just going to throw all day. And so if Hopkins comes back and Hopkins looks good, then we might be wrong and they might, you know, go six and one in this stretch. And we think. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It, it all depends on how, how he comes back from the suspension, but then how this team meshes as well. Um, right now, these last few weeks of training camp and then breaking and going back to the home facilities is going to be very crucial for this team to mesh and, you know, get a chemistry together. And if they can build that chemistry right now, it's going to set them up for that long haul during the schedule. Exactly. And probably, and in probably what is, um, you know, probably the second toughest division in the whole entire league. No, it, it it is. This is the toughest division by far. This was a division that had playoff contenders, all four playoff contenders last year. And they came up short. But they had the Super Bowl winning team in this division. The 49ers were a game away from being a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. So... It's going to be the toughest division this year. I think it's still going to be the toughest, um, but I think when push comes to shove, they're going to flame out with Seattle and the 49ers. And so Arizona's going to stall out. And if LA can stay healthy, they'll win this division. Like, like I said, yep. So let's move on to San Francisco. There's still a lot of, questions and just controversy surrounding this 49ers offense and quarterback room. You know, we already know it's Trey Lance's team. He's going to get the starting nod, but what is going to happen with Jimmy G? Um, Rumors are coming back out saying that there's, he's in the mix to be traded to Cleveland. Um, You know, and these are rumors we, we, we've heard, you know, from the beginning of the off season, but now they're firing back up again, and it, it could be a very good possibility that Jimmy G might end up in Cleveland now. So that would then give you Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Rosen, Jacoby Brissett, all in that Cleveland locker room. And I mean, if, I know we're not – Supposed to be talking Cleveland, but if I'm Cleveland, that's way too much, too much money in just one quarterback room. And if I'm San Francisco, I'm looking maybe at another team where I can get a more bang for my dollar as well. And a team that is willing to accept more of the cash flow of Jimmy G's salary. Um, Now, Cleveland could possibly do that, but I, I think Jimmy is worth a little bit more and should maybe go to a better team. Yeah, and I think if they trade Jimmy to Cleveland, it's because Deshaun's out for the year. It's not because he's out for six games. If they go to Jimmy, it's because they need someone for the entire year. Um, I think New York is a great option, possibly the Jets as well, but I think the Giants would be a better option for him um, with as much wide receiver talent as they have. Yeah. that could be a really good look. I don't know what they would have to offer to trade 
um, unless they wanted to give up Jones. But wherever he goes is not going to be a competing team. No. Now, it's really interesting. You mentioned New York um, with Jimmy G, especially because of their what happened in last night's game with Zach Wilson being getting carted out of the uh, game with a knee injury. Now reports are coming out and saying it's a bone bruise and he's got a meniscus tear. Um, ACL looks to be intact, but he's going to be out for at least two to four weeks with that meniscal tear. Um, Yeah. Might miss week one. Yeah. And so Jimmy G now to the Jets could be a very good landing spot. And one I didn't even think of, I was strictly thinking, get him to the Giants Get mm-hmm. Daniel Jones, get Daniel Jones out of there, and let Jimmy G and Brian DeBole have some fun. I know if he goes to the Jets, I think it helps open up that offense. Um, yes. And it, now I don't know. Same thing. I don't know what either of these New York teams could offer to trade, because um, they're both kind of rebuilding, and they have some young talent. So it'd be hard. But with the 49ers moving on with Trey Lance, they're putting their trust fully in a guy that we really haven't seen play. You know, and so they must – you moved on from a guy that took you to a Super Bowl, lost you a Super Bowl because of one pass, almost had you at another Super Bowl a couple years later, and now you're just, okay, we're moving on to a more athletic quarterback. And this almost makes me remember back when they moved from from um, – they moved on to Kaepernick from – From Alex Smith. Yes, Alex Smith. And so a quarterback that won you a bunch of games, puts you in the position to win – now, he didn't get to the Super Bowl. Kaepernick's the one that helped them get to the Super Bowl a couple years later. But that's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, but this team has so many question marks at running back. Wide receiver looks great. But if we look at the history of Devo Samuel, he gets hurt every year. Last mm-hmm. year was the first year he really didn't get hurt. And if they're going to use him at multiple spots, like running back, inside, and outside receiver, that opens the room for more possibility of him getting hurt. So I really – I'm kind of anticipating him getting hurt this year. And I think they missed the playoffs because they're just down on talent for too many games. Now, see, this 49ers team, I – you know, like you said, I question the running back core. Um there's just nothing there really that you can look at and go, Hey, I, I like what he's doing. Um, wide receiver core Samuel, like you said, it's, it's the question mark. When is he going to get injured? But then also with how much he gets used in that offense between the backfield, the slot, the jet sweeps, everything else. He's, he's a gimmick type guy. Um, and gets overused. Brandon Ayuk, um, I've always liked, just has some inconsistency with catching. Kittle, great tight end. Um, a little overhyped there, but, you know, can still get the job done. The guy I love on this offense, though, um, is a position that does not get the love it deserves, and it's not around on many teams anymore, and that is Kyle Juszczyk in the fullback spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude has brought some love back to this position um, between him and then what Anthony Sherman did for the Chiefs um, until he retired last year. Um, absolutely love it. Yeah, he's such a vital weapon, and – I'd like to see how they can maybe use him a little more. Um, even if it's just, you know, get him in motion for blocking schemes and stuff like that. But just try to utilize him a little more and see what they can do with him. Yes. You know, especially 
he's such a big threat at goal line. And if you can have him and Kittle almost opposite of each other, you you've opened up the field with two big physical guys in the middle of the field that can catch, you know? And, you know, I get questioned for it every single year, but look at, look at it late, very, very late drafts. You know, those last few rounds, if he's available on the board, I'm taking use check because he can be a good guy down the stretch of the season when he starts getting some more playing time to get you some crucial points, especially when he gets into those red zone situations, those little one or two yard touchdown runs or a little flip play to him um, out of the backfield and he's in for a touchdown as well. Exactly. And I think he could be a real, um, I would like to almost see them use him more as a running back too, maybe. Yes. And Since they his- have so many questions and there are running backs that are hurt right now still, you know, Mitchell I think is hurt again. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you know, if he was to go into that running back spot, a guy he makes me think of is Peyton Hillis. Yeah. And so go back to those Peyton Hillis years with Cleveland, what he was able to do, you know, having that type of physical runner um, could bode well for this San Francisco offensive line. I mean, you're, you've got a really decent offensive line, especially at that left tackle spot with Trent Williams, the number one lineman in the whole entire game. Um, so if you could have a guy who knows what he's doing in the backfield and watching for the holes to develop and actually be patient instead of having some young guys just barreling through and not allowing your offensive line to do their work, then that might help. Exactly. And this, this defense has been a consistent defense. They're not... To me, they're not a top five defense. No. Maybe a top eight to ten. Um, See, and I, th- I think their secondary got worse this year with them signing Traverius Ward. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been with the Chiefs and would always get burnt, no matter what. A lot of penalties and just can't cover. So I, I think this defense actually took a hit instead of getting better with that signing. No, and I, I, I can see that. Um, I think it's more their, their front seven are what really impact games. You know, if, if you can't, if you can control that front seven, you're going to be able to win that game and dominate Mm -hmm. them. If you have trouble with that front seven, that's when the Barry is more, it's, it's threatening just because they're just watching the ball now. You know, they're playing man or zone, but you're pressured. You're throwing off your back foot. You're running out of the pocket, making, you know, not the best accurate throws. And that's when, you know, those little tip balls become interceptions and stuff. So really just that front seven is what makes them so good. Um, yes. And I think, and that's the reason why they they have been able to stay in so many games throughout the season, the last couple of years, and allow Jimmy G to kind of be the, you know, manager quarterback of just dink and dunk downfield, run the clock, run the uh, ball, score. Okay, now we're up three. Defense controls, you know, the game, three and out run the ball, game over. Mm-hmm. So they're – I think they'll be good. Um, I have them going one, two, three, four, five. I have them going five and one to start the season. But I have them ending the season – what, with – three losses so going two and three to end the season so i just like i said i think injuries are going to hit them and it's going to affect them in too many games this year and they're going to miss the playoffs by 
honestly, by one game. You know, it's 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 very potential. Um, you know, I've got I've got San Fran actually making the playoffs this year, um, going better than probably what others have them. But there's a few spots in this season where I think they can actually get it done. Um, I think they sweep the Cardinals this year um, and definitely sweep the Seahawks. Um, And I've actually got them in the first, let's see here. First five games of the season going five and one. Um, so like you, and then by week nine, um, I've got them going one and two there. Okay. So, um, so before the bye week, they've got what? seven and three. three yeah. Three losses. Um, so six and three, I think that is. Yeah. So. Um, I've got them rattling off 12 total wins this year, making the playoffs. Um, but it's it's going to be a – it'll be a team where it all depends on that offense, um, the young guy at quarterback, what he can do, and um, just how – because we know the front office and we know the coaching staff is bought into Trey Lance, but can the rest of the team buy into Trey Lance and can Trey Lance get the job done in the crucial moments? And I think that's going to be the big question mark right here for San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I have them miss in the playoffs. I think all the, I think the locker rooms behind Trey Lance um, and not that they didn't like Jimmy G. I think, you know, when you see someone be more athletic at a position it gives you more of a boost than a guy that can just stand there. Um, you know, it's kind of like what Lamar did with Joe Flacco and the Ravens. It was like, hey, Flacco won us a championship five years ago, but this dude's making people look like idiots because he uh-huh. can also run. Um, so I think that kind of brings it to it. Now, just mentally – on the offensive scheme wise, mentally, you know, is he going to be able to get the check downs, uh, line scrimmage, read the defense, you know, audibles, stuff like that. Um, okay. So you said you, the, you have them going five and one in those first six games. Yes. What team do you have them losing to? Uh, let me pull that back up. Because I have um, them losing to Denver at Denver. I have them losing to the Rams. Okay. So I have them beating Denver. Um, so, but yeah, I, I don't. And, you know, this is still sub- subject to change for me because I there's still a few questionable games where the Carolina game, um, I could flip it and – you know, we'll get into a little bit more of that here in a couple of weeks when we talk about the NFC South um, and go into why I might flip that game over to the Panthers. Um, but there, there's still a few games here on the schedule that I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth between. And another one would be Miami as well in week 13. Hmm. That's interesting. I had them beat in Miami, but I haven't really looked into that one. So and it. To- and the only reason why I'm thinking that is because of the Miami offense with how high power it's going to be in the receiving core. And that secondary of San Francisco is not going to be, you know, very good. And so I, I think they're going to get burnt, um, especially down crucial moments of the season or later on in the season or crucial moments of a game. And so going up against a team that could potentially have, you know, a good air it out offense um, could be a questionable game for the 49ers. I can, I see that. 
I don't know if they can handle the front seven. So I think that's why I lean more towards the 49ers. Uh-huh. Um, but if you can do a quick screen, you know, corners playing off or something, you do a quick screen with Waddle or Hill, they can easily bust it for 10, 12, 15-yard run or more, yep. you know. So I I can definitely see that. Now you bait them into playing press and one step and they're gone. Um, so I can see that. That might that might be a toss up that week of who I'm feeling good with, depending on who's yeah. hot. So, so let's uh, let's head up the coastline and go up to the Emerald City. Now we'll go from the city by the bay, go to the Emerald City, and I mean this Seattle team. It's got a lot of question marks. They made the trade, um, got Drew Locke and Noah Fant from Denver, giving up Russell Wilson. Um, Geno Smith still on the roster right now. Geno Smith, the favorite to be the starter um, for the season. You have Chris Carson retiring. Um, Tyler Lockett's still there. DK Metcalf with the big extension. Um, you know, Bobby Wagner leaves and goes to the Rams. And just a lot of inexperience um, on this team and a lot of new faces um, that have been, you know, on other teams, but now together finally um, for the first time in this, in the Seattle roster. Yeah, this team is, man, a a new team. (laughs) Yes. It's a team that has, you know, kind of has good bones, if you say, to make, to turn into a playoff team again and to be a dominant force in this division again. You know, I don't think Drew Locke is the guy. I don't think you do either. Um, No. And I don't think Geno Smith is the guy either. No. I think I would rather start Geno than Drew, but yeah. if you're trying to tank and get a top 10 draft pick or a top five draft pick and get one of these quarterbacks next year, I'm probably going to start Drew Locke. Now, we did just see what happened when a team is tanking with the Dolphins. Well, that wasn't even about tanking, though. That was about um, – what was it? It was talking. He was talking to Tom Brady when he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, it was. There was tampering. There was the tanking. Whole lot of things. Um, you know, I, I still question how an owner gets suspended for the first seven weeks of the season when you know he's the owner. Um, can't really do much in his position on the team, but that's neither here or there. Um, if they want to tank or, you know, potentially get a higher draft pick for the quarterback class for next year, then you do go with Drew Locke. Um, but there's – I think Pete Carroll's days are numbered in Seattle. Um, either it's going to be retirement coming within the next two years or depending on how this team does and what they're able to do in the draft next year then we could be maybe looking at a mutual parting of ways and Pete Carroll stepping down instead of him just going and being fired altogether. Um, But I do think Pete Carroll's days are numbered. Yeah, I think, I think he's become one of those coaches that won't get fired. It'll be, we would like you to step down because, you know, we mutually agreed to go separate ways. Yes. So he'll step down. Um, but he's still the old fashioned run it coach, which is great when you have a team that can do that and you, you kind of don't, um, no, Chris Carson retires, who was a little injury prone. Penny steps in Penny's a little injury prone. So you drafted Walker who was a, Phenomenal running back at Michigan State. 
we haven't seen him used much in the past game. So that, you know, that could be something they show us with him a little more. Um, but, you know, Chris Carson was a, he was a guy that was drafted late and became a significant player for them and did a lot. And so those are big shoes to fill. I would like to see them, you know, bring in another running back next year as well in the draft. Maybe, you know, if you get quarterback first, then I'm looking at it back in the second or third, fourth round. Mm-hmm. If you can't get a quarterback in the first, then I'm I'm trying to get one of those top running backs possibly. Um, DK's extended. That's great. That means you're keeping an elite wide receiver or a guy who has potential to be an elite wide receiver. Yes. Um, who matches up great with Tyler Lockett, who's been an elite wide receiver. And we see him, I wouldn't say trending down, but we see the wear and tear coming. Um, you know, and he had that relationship with Russ where when you got middle to late of the season, he was catching eight to 12 catches a game almost, it seemed like. And they were 15 to 20 yard catches every time. And so I'd like to see what Drew does. If he, if he can kind of keep that going. Um, I'd like to see them use DK more than what they use him as. And they typically use him as a deep threat or a physical outside receiver. And I would like to maybe see him on some inside slant and stuff and be be a physical guy in the middle of the field a little bit. Yes. I, I he's got he's got the build and everything to be able to do it. Um it's just and we you mentioned his physicality, but only time we see him become physical is when he's one on one with the smaller defensive back. You don't see him, you know lay a shoulder out or anything when he's coming up to be tackled by a, you know, linebacker. So you kind of have to, I kind of question with his size and build, is it just for show or when he does get some passes across the middle, can he actually, you know, do something? Yes. And that's, that's one thing I've always questioned with DK Metcalf is, is he just for show or can he actually live up to what, he says he can actually do. Exactly. So they, and that could be a team. I don't think they'll do it. And I don't know if it would be, it would help them, but they're, it's not going to help them enough to, you know, challenge for playoffs, of course. Um, but maybe they sneak in and try to sign Will Fuller you know, late in the preseason to bring another threat. Because uh-huh. Noah Fant is a good tight end, but he's not anything special. And so I think if you bring Will Fuller in, you provide a third wide receiver option. Um, and I would put him over Fant as your next, you know, next receptionist. Yeah. And so that might help open up the pass game for Drew Locke. That way they're not, you know, two wide receivers and run heavy, uh, run heavy sets, you know? So now that's of course not where I want Will Fuller to go, to go, but I think that's an option for him. If he's looking to just get a small quick payday for a year, have a good healthy season and then get a bigger payday somewhere else. Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, I, I just look at this roster. Um, I see the holes. Um, and I see, especially on the defensive side of the ball, you know, they're, they're not going to be a top caliber defense. Um, you you kind of always think back to Seattle and being, you know, that strong secondary. They Quandre Jiggs and Jamal Adams, two good guys um, leading the safety positions there. But you look at the corners, um, Sidney Jones fourth and Artree Burns. I I don't see 
the production in them um, when it comes to pass deflections, when it comes to coverage, everything else. Um, I'm not keen on those two guys there. And especially when you think back to Pete Carroll defense as well, it's always a defense that can be physical secondary wise linebacking core, that front seven. And there's just no standouts on this defense that screams, Hey, we're going to stop the run. We're going to stop the pass. Um, and I, I think that's what's going to hurt them this season. And I've got them to where, you know, they're going to be potentially vying for, um, you know, within maybe the top five picks of the draft next year. Um, I've got them two and 15. See, and I had them three and 14. So, and honestly, Adams is a guy that. If, if this is a guy you want to build your defense around and be the cornerstone of your defense, then I'm trying to bring in another guy, especially this year, to maybe rotate and get the load off of him as much and be like, hey, you're our cornerstone dude. We want to build the defense around you. But this year we, want to, we don't want you playing as much because we want to keep you healthy because this year is going to be a strong struggle year. We want you to be the leader but we would like to bring in a young player and let him try to learn and play as much as he can under you to keep you healthy or mm-hmm. go opposite way and look to trade him and let's start getting some picks or players for him and really just start revamping a whole overload for this team. So who are, so you have two wins. What are the two wins you have for them? Uh, for the Seahawks, let's see here. The two wins on their schedule will come against the Giants in week eight. And then mm, I'm questioning that one now, but I've got – and it, it, it's one that can go either way. Um but I've got them winning over the Panthers right now in week 14. Oh, wow. See, now I have them winning against Detroit in week four. And then their next win comes in week 15 over the 49ers as an upset. And I have them beating the Jets in week 17. Uh. See, Now you're... the 49ers could be a- Make it a, you know, two wins, but you mentioned Detroit. You're going to be shocked on me when we get to the NFC North. Well, and now I'm thinking about that game because that game Detroit could really do something. Do what? Um, I, I, I really well. Detroit could really do something. You know, I don't have them that great this year, but that could be a game where they could really come out and dominate. Yes. But I I just, for some reason, I have Seattle possibly winning that as an upset. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I might change it with my next uh, submissions. Yeah, it's uh, – this NFC West, you know, and since we've been talking everything, I've kind of – replayed with my predictions right now. Um, I've got the Rams making the playoffs. I I think they're going to win it. 49ers are on a bubble for me of the playoffs. Either they're going to be the seventh seed in or they're going to be the first seed out. Um, And the Cardinals, they're out of the playoffs for me. And the Seahawks, I think they're vying for one of the top picks of the draft this year. now, Geno Smith, he's been on the Seattle roster um, as a backup. I, I think that kind of bodes well for him, knowing the playbook already. Um, and so if they roll with Smith, I think they have the potential of winning more games this year. I would maybe put an over-under at around four or five wins with Geno Smith. But if you're looking at Drew Locke as a starter for this year, um, I, I'm going two wins um, if you're going Drew Locke. So this Seattle team has got some questionable areas um, in a very, very strong 
um, competitive division. And it's not one that I would like to be in right now. Um, if I'm trying to rebuild. Not at all. This is not the division you want to rebuild, but this is also a division that in two years could look completely different. You know, yes. we don't know how long Stafford's going to stay around. He's already won one championship. Does he want to fill out the contract or does he want to, and you know, then step away or add on, um, you know, if they, if they do repeat this year, what, what keeps him there? You know, how, mm-hmm. how good is cup going to be in the next couple of years? Can he maintain that? The Cardinals could have a whole new coaching staff. They might, you know, they have uh, Brown and Murray there for the next handful of years, but with a new coaching staff, well, they, they might just completely. They just, they just extended Kingsbury and um, the front office. So, yeah, but in the NFL, that doesn't mean much. No, it doesn't. I mean, if the if the Cardinals just completely tank and you know are a complete 180 from what they have been the past couple seasons, then it's not guaranteed that Kingsbury is still there. Um, but I, I think that, I think he has two years. If he can't get the playoffs in these next two years and compete in the playoffs, he's gone. Yes. And see, I think he can get to the playoffs in the two years, but what really questions it is, can he win in the playoffs Exactly, and, and make a deep run? Um, if he's able to make it a deep run and get him maybe to the NFC championship game, then I think he still has a job. If he gets to the divisional round um, and loses, but he had a first round bye, then I think he's still got a job. But if he wins the wild card, Lynn loses, potentially maybe still has a job, but just makes the wild card and loses, then you're looking at, you know, a hot seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just saw Baker just throw a great pass while getting hit in the pocket for a first down. So, so far he's looking pretty good in Carolina. But yes. we'll see how that how that goes. But yeah, we'll talk on that later. Yes, we do have football um, going on as we are recording on a Saturday morning right now, um, instead of our normal Thursday night. Um, just to recap the preseason games that have happened so far this week, uh, Thursday night, the Giants beat the Patriots 23-21. The Ravens are now NFL record 21 straight preseason victories. Um, as they beat the Titans 23 to 10, the Falcons beat the Lions 27 to 23 Friday night, the Browns in Deshaun Watson's debut 24 13 over the Jaguars, the Cardinals 36 23 over the Bengals and Kyler Murray had the headset on during that game calling plays the Jets 24 21 over the Eagles. Um, as we talked about that with Zach Wilson, the injury he had. Um, torn meniscus so we'll see what happens there uh, 49ers over the Packers 28-21 and games on the schedule for today and the rest of the weekend you've got the Panthers and Commanders right now um, live in quarter one the Chiefs taking on the Bears Matt Nagy returns to Soldiers Field and Matt Nagy also returns to the sidelines for the Chiefs this year as the quarterback coach um, coming back to Kansas city after being let go in Chicago. Um, You got the Colts taking on the bills today. Seahawks at the Steelers, Dolphins at the Bucks, Saints at the Texans, Cowboys at the Broncos, Rams at the Chargers, and then wrapping it up tomorrow will be the Vikings at the Raiders. Um, So good slate of games in what is technically week one of the preseason week two, if you count, um, the hall of fame game is week one, but it's, it's week one hall of fame game is week zero. And, uh, Hey, we're just a few weeks away from the NFL season kicking off. Yes, we are. And fewer weeks and fewer days from college kicking off. So exactly. August 27th is the Saturday college kicks off, but we know, We've got the Mac and everything else that likes to kick off on Tuesday nights. And so that'll happen even sooner. 
Yes, it will. So I think that's right, so it's a good episode right there. That was, you know, make sure you follow us on Twitter um, at Sports Trenches. Give us a like, give us a follow, share us with your grandma, your hobo down on the corner, anyone you might come across at McDonald's, um, you know, and uh, yeah, let's get us out there and have some fun. We'll be back next week as we continue on with the NCAA Top 25 Rundown. Towards the uh, season kickoff, we'll have 10 through 6 next week. And then for the NFL, we will have the NFC North. And we'll talk about those Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and Lions. Oh, my. And just what is going on with Aaron Rodgers and these hallucinogenics.